Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. We're going to call your attention today to the book of Genesis, chapter number 42. And then we're going to go to Luke 24 and just read verse number 19. Appreciate that good lesson this morning, Brother Jeff. And Wednesday night. How many of you were here Wednesday night? All right. And if I, Brother Cliff, if I could get you to turn those track lights down for me. Thank you. All right. Here we go. It says, And Jacob their father said unto them, he's speaking to his sons, says, me have you bereaved of my children. Joseph is not, Simeon is not, and you will take Benjamin away. All these things are against me. And then Luke 24, 19, and he said unto them, this is the Lord speaking on resurrection day. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all of the people. And uh, we should read a lot more, but for time's sake, we're just going to point you to those two scriptures, and then we'll get into the context of that. Amen. But I'd like to speak to you this morning on this thought, What things? What things? I'm going to ask you if you would, if you'd lift your hearts to the Lord, amen, one more time and pray, hallelujah, that the word of the Lord will touch our hearts here today. Most heavenly Father, we are so very thankful, Lord, hallelujah, for your presence, God, that we know that is here today. We believe, Lord, that your presence is here to bring healing, amen, and to bring encouragement, God, and hope, Lord salvation, Lord. We pray this morning that you would help us to speak your word, hallelujah, and touch our hearts, everyone, draw us ever closer to you, because we believe, Lord, that we are living in a very, very close time to the rapture of the church. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. All right, you may be seated. Praise God. Amen. We know Jacob in his younger years as a man who would stop at nothing until he got his father Isaac's blessing. Remember that story? We don't have time to go into it. He was not going to, from the day he was born, he was after it. Amen. We also know that because of the bitterness that this caused between him and his brother Esau, he left his home and ended up working for his uncle Laban for 20 years. It would be during this 20-year period he would marry Leah and Rachel and end up with 11 of the 12 sons who would later become the 12 tribes of Israel. After 20 years, we read in Genesis 35 and 1 that God had told Jacob that now he was to return home. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God that appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. Remember the dream that he had as he went and, and uh, God gave him a dream of the angels ascending and descending from that ladder. God said, yeah, all right, you've been here for 20 years. You've got a couple of wives and some kids. Now it's time to go home. Of course, I, we don't have time to go into it, but he said, hey, what about Esau? God was going to handle that for him. He said, but you need to go back to the place where you got that dream and you built an altar to me that night. And you acknowledged that my presence was there. That's where you need to be. And he said, the, the writers estimate 
Now Jacob is on his way home. Writers estimate Jacob to have been about 91, 91 years young when Rachel gave birth to Joseph in, in the land where he was working for his uncle Laban. 91. And they figure that, that this would put him about 97 on his return to the land of Canaan. Got any 97-year-olds here today? And the Bible says that as Jacob obeyed God, as they journeyed, listen to this, he was on his way back to the promised land. He was on his way back to that place that he had met God at Bethel. And it says, as they journeyed, the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Verse 9, it says, And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Pater Aram, and he blessed him again. And he reminded him as he was on his way home, listen to the words he said. God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob, thy name shall not be Jacob anymore, but when you go home, you need to remember that you are a changed man, and your name shall be Israel, and he called his name, God called his name Israel. This was the second time that God spoke to him. And God said, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. He said, a nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of your loins, and the land that you're going back to, that land that I gave Abraham and Isaac to you, I'm going to now give it to. He said, and to your seed after you, I shall give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he had spoken to him. Verse 16, and they journeyed from Bethel, and as they were getting close to Bethlehem, Rachel travailed and went into hard labor. He had made his way back. Along the way, Rachel, the wife that he really was thinking that he was going to get married first time around, right? Rachel died giving birth to, the, to son number 12. Be the last one. This was the only son, only one of the twelve, that would be born in the promised land. The Bible says, and Rachel, as she travailed and she was dying in giving birth to Benjamin, as we know him, she named her son Benoni. She said, I want his name, her dying breath was, I want his name to be Benoni, which means son of my trouble. Now, you need to read the history of Rachel in order to get this. God had closed her womb for a very, very long time. She said, his name is Benoni, son of my trouble. But Jacob said, no, I'm going to call him Benjamin, son of my right hand. Hold on to that. We are told that they buried Rachel near Bethlehem. Then the Bible records the names after this. Then the Bible records the names of the twelve sons of Jacob and their mothers. Verse 24 says the sons of Rachel are Joseph and Benjamin. Only those two. Can imagine with me after 20 years that Jacob now returns. The Bible says in verse 27, Jacob came to his father Isaac. Isaac was still alive. Remember when, when uh, Jacob went into his father's tent and deceived him, they thought he was dying then. 
But after 20 years, Jacob comes back to Hebron, the Bible says, the city where his father Isaac and his granddaddy Abraham had lived. He was back to the land of promise. Isaac was still alive. I can only imagine that the meeting that they had. The last time Jacob and his father Isaac had met was when Jacob had deceived him. But in doing that, Isaac had blessed him. He had blessed him and he'd sent him to Uncle Laban's to find a wife. We can imagine the reunion of father and son, Isaac meeting his 12 grandsons. We can imagine the excitement of Jacob being able to share his story of during that 20 years, how God had met him on two different occasions. How that he walked in and he wasn't walking very good. He was, he was dragging that leg behind him. And, but the excitement was that he had those 12 sons to present to his dad, and then on top of that, he said, Dad, you're never going to believe me, but these last 20 years, God met me two different times, and he blessed me, and he promised me that I was going to be the heir of everything that he promised you and everything he promised granddad. was no longer that deceiver. Isaac probably asked, son, well, what happened to your leg? Well, dad, my name's not Jacob anymore. I had a prayer meeting and God touched me and he changed my name and I'm a new man standing before you today. Jacob settles into the promised land at the age of about 97 with his sons. For the next 10 years or so, he's living a life of abundance. He's living in the promised land. He's living his dream. You remember his dream? He's living in that dream, enjoying the land of milk and honey. Even though Jacob missed Rachel dearly, he especially loved, we're told, Joseph and Benjamin, the two sons Rachel had given him. For only he understood what she had gone through, the ridicule and the abuse during the time period that Leah and her handmaid would bear him children and he, he only he understood that how long and how lengthy that, that she had prayed to God that God would hear her and open her womb because she was barren and but that he would enable her to give birth to two very precious children, Benjamin and Joseph. So he understood that. He understood the prayer that she had prayed, that she had prayed. We know that prayer. Give me children lest I die. In fact, Genesis 37 and 3, we're told Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors which caused his brothers to hate Joseph. For Joseph not only wore the coat, but you see, every time that Israel looked at Joseph, he was reminded that not of the trouble that Rachel had to go through, but of the gift that she birthed to him in the son that he knew was going to be a son that was going to be dynamic. We're told that Joseph dreamed a dream in which they were in the harvest field. Joseph's sheath stood up and his brother's sheath bowed down to him. Brother Jeff had uh, mentioned that earlier this morning. 
And then, could we say that Jacob, one of the things that drew Jacob to Joseph after this point was, because you see, Jacob was the father of dreams. Okay? He was the father of dreams. There was no one else in the Bible that had a dream before him except for Ibathar the heathen in order to warn Abraham. But as far as God's people, Jacob was the father of dreams. And Rachel had given birth to a successor of dreams. He, she had given birth to Joseph. And when Joseph dreamed this dream, then Jacob understood that there was some significance in this. Then one day he had sent Joseph out to check on his brothers, never returned. His brothers would sell him into slavery. They would tear his coat of many colors into shreds. They would dip it in animal blood, present it to their father as proof that his favorite son, Joseph, is dead. We're told in Genesis 37, 35, when Jacob heard the news concerning Joseph's death, he said, I will go down to the grave mourning for my son. He loved Joseph. You see, this thing that Israel is beginning to experience, it's not supposed to happen in the promised land. There are just some things that, you know, when, when we give our heart to God and we, we get the impression that everything's going to go good, and it does go good for most of the time, but then all of a sudden Monday morning reaches out and kicks us in the rear end and we realize that there are things that are going to happen even when we are living in the promise. few years later, there is a global famine that eventually finds its way into the promised land. The proverbial milk and honey dry up. In the promised land? Famine? Jacob and his family find themselves struggling for food to survive, and the only good news they hear Remember, Joseph now is sold. Dad thinks he's dead. Joseph is sold into slavery. He ends up in Egypt, and we can't go into that complete story yet. But the only good news that they hear in the promised land now is that they hear news that for some strange reason, there is plenty of food in Egypt. Short version is Jacob sends his ten sons down to Egypt, he keeps Ben, son, Benjamin. It keeps him safely home. He is not going to let him go anywhere. He sends his ten sons down to Egypt in order to get some food and bring it back home. In Egypt, they are accused of being spies. They're thrown in jail for three days, and after three days, they make an agreement with the man Pharaoh has put in charge of food distribution. We'll get to him in a minute. Instead of keeping all ten prisoners, they make a deal to keep Simeon in jail until the other brothers return with Benjamin as proof they are not spies and they are lying to him. Don't want to lose you. Are you with me? They return home to Jacob with their knapsacks filled with food, but they return home empty. Simeon is in jail. They tell him what happens. They try to tough it out as long as possible with the food they have brought back, but finally they run out. The only way that they can come back and ask for more is that that man that was in Egypt in charge of the food, 
He said, you cannot come back. You cannot and I will not release Simeon until you bring Benjamin back and then I will know that you're not lying to me. Jacob, they they had returned home. They said, Dad, sorry to tell you, man, Simeon's in jail. He's in jail. Joseph has gone. They want Benjamin. Finally, they run out of food, and the decision has to be made in order for him to survive. Jacob says, he says, all right, you got to go back and And uh, as much as I don't want to release Benjamin, he says, I must, he's got to go with me, I guess. And so they they, they tell, you know, they've told their dad the story. And so finally, Israel, Jacob, he releases Benjamin and they go back into Egypt. We know what happens, don't we? They go back, this time Joseph is the man in charge. He reveals himself to his brothers. He sees Benjamin. That's his only full brother. He falls on his shoulder crying. And he takes Simeon, releases him from jail. And he says, hey, the thing you meant for bad, God has turned into good. I want you to go back home, and I want you to go back there with some good news to Dad, and I want you to tell him the truth, and I want you to bring him back. But oh, before that, listen carefully. This is the reason why that that uh, that scripture I read to you when when the the first news came and and uh, Jacob says Joseph is gone, Simeon is gone, and now you want to take away Benjamin. You see, if we go a bit deeper, we'll find a message within the names of these three sons of Jacob. See, Joseph means God will give or add or increase or he is the increaser. Joseph was born to Rachel through prayer and anguish. We know that. Joseph is living in the land of promise. Or Jacob. Jacob is living in the land of promise, but he feels empty without Joseph. A part of him feels like it has died. There is no increase in his life in the promised land because he believes Joseph is dead. That part of him is dead. His reality without knowing the full truth is that that part of him that increased him, that blessed him, it's dead to him. We even know Jacob is in the promised land. He feels empty without Joseph. He said, I'll go down to my grave mourning. These things are not supposed to happen in the promised land. Here we're told the name. Listen, what is the name? Simeon means. Simeon, that's his second born. The Bible says that Simeon is born for Leah gives birth to Simeon. And because that God hears that she is unloved. And God hears, read it. The Bible says that God sees that Leah is unloved. And so he touches her, and, and Leah gives birth to Simeon. Simeon represents that. Simeon is gone. Simeon is in jail. Simeon means God hears, 
or God hearkens. And so Simeon is in jail and Jacob, there he is. Joseph is gone. Simeon is in jail. Simeon is incarcerated. He is being held hostage. Jacob is in the promised land, but there is no communication between him and God, you might say. He feels like that God does not hear him anymore. Maybe you've never been there. Maybe you've never been there when you feel like that that your prayers are in jail. Your prayers are incarcerated. You're living in the promised land. But you've ran into a famine. And it feels like God's not hearing you anymore. And, and there's, there's, no, there's no raises on the job lately. The increase has decreased, if you will. And now they want Benjamin. And Jacob. Jacob says, hey, ain't no way I can't give up Benjamin. Benjamin is his strength. Benjamin, he calls him the son of his right hand, the son of his power, the son that he leans on in his old age. That's what that means. See, what, what Jacob doesn't realize is that it's a lie. Joseph is not dead. Your life of increase is not dead, Jacob. God has just relocated him in Egypt. You just don't know it yet. God is moving ahead of you. He's ahead of, he's already working on your future. God has simply borrowed Joseph, put him in another place. Here's really what's happening to your son Joseph. Genesis 39, 1 through 5. Joseph has been sold, sure. And we find him, he's being bought by an officer of Pharaoh. And the Lord, though, the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man as he worked in the house of his master, the Egyptian. The Egyptian saw that the Lord was with Joe, and the Lord made everything prosper in his hand. He made Joseph overseer of everything he owned, and the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. You're pro Listen, Israel... Your son of increase is not dead. They have been telling you a lie. God has just relocated him to a place in your future that you are going to get to one day. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. God is blessing. Listen. <laughs> You can't take away the blessing of Joseph. God is using what you have given birth to in a far away country. This is being done, Jacob, outside your realm of knowledge. It's done in order to fulfill God's will and plan. God had to allow Joseph to be taken from Jacob temporarily so Joseph could accomplish God's plan. Jacob would have never given up his son. God had to take him. Just as Joseph was born in travailing prayer, I believe that, I, I feel very impressed with this this morning. I believe that there is somebody here today that is struggling with this. I believe there's somebody here today that is feeling empty in this situation. I'm here to tell you that God has taken what you have given birth to and He is using it somewhere that you are not even aware of. 
Sister Reyes, he is using and operating what you travail for in that place called Liberia. You may not feel it at times, but he has taken what you have birthed and he is operating in that place. Brother McKinnon, your Joseph is operating in that place called India. Oh, yeah, come on. Brother Woods, Brother Clementson, old preachers. God is operating outside of your realm of knowledge. He is all, He is working in places that, that you have planted seed and travailed, that even though you think that sometimes, listen, I've been there many times, that where you feel like that, that place of increase is empty and it's void and the barrel is dry and gone. I'm here to remind you that Joseph is not dead. God has just chosen to relocate him for your future. But for now, God chose to take away what you travailed over. He's using it. God blessed him in the home and he blessed him in the field. Oh my goodness, I believe that God is using that in home somewhere and in the field of harvest somewhere. What you and I even top, what we have given to global missions, what we have prayed for, I'm telling you that God is using that somewhere The Lord saw that Leah was unloved. He opened her womb and she gave birth to Jacob's firstborn. Then she conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son, and she named him Simeon. Maybe I'm the only one at times, that, because maybe part of it's, you know, the preaching thing and the ministry thing and the pastoring thing, but... I'm here, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to encourage you here. There are times in our lives that, that we are going to feel that emotional stigma of thinking that somewhere along the line that, that even though we are in the promised land that, that we feel that God has somehow forgotten. Simeon is in jail. My prayers are being held hostage. There's a disconnect between me and Simeon. Jacob probably feel, does not feel like God is hearing me. I'm being overcome with the same emotion that Leah felt before Simeon was born. Leah felt unloved. This is simply part of the process of what God is doing in the big picture, Jacob. Hold on. It's okay. Simeon is about to be released from jail. Can I say to someone this morning, God is getting ready to release your prayer life. I've been there. Feels like they bounce off the walls, but oh, I have also been there the day that Simeon was released from jail and all of a sudden, oh God, you were always there all the time. Jacob says, and all these things are against me. He says, I'm living in the promised land. He says, but Simeon, my prayers are incarcerated and my increase, I... Leave he's to be dead, and now they want to take away Benjamin. 
the staff that I lean on. I'm 107 years old or more. They want to take away my, my son Benjamin. They take him. Benjamin, remember Benjamin? Rachel gave everything she had to give Jacob Benjamin. She gave everything. And so when Jacob looked at Benjamin every time, she, he, he, he uh, was always aware and he, he, he could not forget that Rachel had given everything to give him that son Benjamin. Son of my right hand, Matthew Henry defines that term. Son of my right hand is being very dear to me, set on my right hand for a blessing. Benjamin was a blessing to him, and Benjamin was the support of his age, like the staff that he held in his right hand. Benjamin was the last source of strength Jacob had going for him. His old age, he had kept him home under secure when he had sent the other ten sons in search of food. Now God seemed to be asking for him to release his last source of strength. Now listen again to those words of Jacob. All these things are against me, he said. All these things, they're just not names. They are, they are his sons, but they carry spiritual significance to us today. He said, now, now understand that I've lost these three sons. Done. All of them are against me. He says, you have deprived me of children. Joseph is no more. Simeon is no more. Now you want to take Benjamin. And he releases, he releases his last source of strength. And you realize that the will of God, the purpose and the plan of God will not take place until he releases Benjamin. So those 11 brothers return, get more food. We know the story. Joseph introduces himself, declaring the thing they meant for bad. God turned into good. He loads them with food. He releases Simeon from jail. He loads them with food. He tells them to bring everyone back, including their father Jacob, back to Egypt to live. We can't even imagine Jacob waiting on the porch every day, praying and hoping for the safe return, not knowing what was happening. All of his 12 sons are out there somewhere. He sees the wagons coming down the road. Simeon comes running. He begins to thank God. Simeon is alive. He is no longer in jail. And then he sees Benjamin Benjamin runs to meet him. And then the most powerful of all, as they tell Jacob, Joseph is alive. Your source of increase, your blessing has been operating all the time, Dad. God has been using him and blessing him. And there is an abundance of harvest where he is. The Bible says, Jacob, he fainted when he heard the news. He could not believe it. He had believed a lie for 13 years. You see, sometimes God has to take away things temporarily in order to fulfill His plan for our lives. 
in a famine doesn't feel like God's hearing me. My strength is gone. Yeah, but wait until the wagons roll into town. Listen to these words. Listen to these words. So they went up out of Egypt and came into the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. They said to him, Joseph is still alive. He's governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart began to stop beating when he heard. His heart began to stop beating. And he fainted, for he did not believe them. When they told him all the words of Joseph, which he had said, and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had, had sent to carry him, listen to this very carefully here, that when he heard that news and he seen those wagons of increase, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. I don't know if he had died of a heart attack hearing that good news and God brought him back to life. I don't know. I only know what the scripture says that it says his heart stopped beating and he fainted when he heard that news. It was too good to be true. But then when he looked out and he, he saw the increase, he knew that the hand of Joseph was in the midst of those wagons. The Bible says that he revived and came back to life. Listen to this. Psalm 105, reading just a couple of verses more. The Bible says, Moreover, God called for a famine upon the land. He cut off every source of bread. He sent a man before them, even Joseph. The other, understand, God already had Joseph in place. Joseph was in the future, you might say, in the plan of God. They afflicted his feet with shackles. His neck was put in irons until his word came true. The word of the Lord had tried him and tested him, but then the king loosed him, made him ruler over all his substance. Israel also came to Egypt. Jacob came back. Oh, what a meeting that must have been. And there the Lord, listen to this. There the Lord greatly increased his people and made them, his people, stronger than their oppressors. Stronger than their oppressors. I believe that Joseph, or Jacob, when he went back to Egypt, he was, I think he was 130. He lived for another 17 years in the land of Goshen. I'm thinking those were probably the best years of his life. You see, in order for God to make his people into what he needs them to be, stronger, stronger than the enemy, he's going to test our faith at times. He's going to bring us to a place where we think, where we think, and we feel that emotion inside of us. And we get to thinking that our increase, that our abundant life is now in a famine. And our, our prayers are incarcerated in order to test us. But one of these days, he is going to release everything in due time. And you and I, we are going to have a revival like we have never had in our lives. As you stand, 
What things? The Lord said, what things? You know, two of the disciples walking down the road with sad faces, talking about the things that they thought were true. The Lord shows up on their prayer walk, hello, and says, what things are causing you to be sad about? He said, well, we've lost everything we were hoping for. The king's dead. The Lord, the Bible says Jesus, you know, he starts while he says, oh, really? Well, let me explain to you. They don't know who he is. He's fresh from the dead, like a fresh loaf of bread right out of the oven. They don't recognize him. He begins to explain to them the scriptures from the beginning up until the now that they're walking in. And they're saying, hey, he says, hey, everything, all the, all the bad stuff, okay, all the... You know, all the hunger, all the, everything that was going on. He says, I'm paraphrasing. He says, it has led up to right now. Everything points to Jesus. Everything points to Jesus. And the part we don't get sometimes, John the Baptist said it so very clearly. He said, I must decrease in order for him, he's got to increase. Jesus revealed to them the scriptures. They broke bread. Their eyes were opened. Their hearts burned within them. In other words, their hearts became alive again. huh? And here's what they took off running with a message. He is alive. Every time the enemy tries to get you down, every time he brings things into your life that tries to get your mind and your heart off track, you just got to remind all things. You got to remember that Jesus is alive, and that is the main thing of the main thing. As long as he is alive, everything's going to come out okay. Because he's walking with me. He's showing me things. What shall we say then to these things? What are we going to tell these things? If God be for us, then what things can be against us? It doesn't matter who is against you. All that matters is who is for you. He is for us. He is with us. Paul said, so therefore, what things? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine. Yet on all these things were more than conquerors. He said, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, neither height nor debt nor any other thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord and my Savior. I say, what things? believe we have entered into a time that if some of them old prophets were alive, they'd be saying, oh my, 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 you guys are seeing it. And the things that they are throwing at us, it's enough to make you just Want to, you know, 
crawl in a hole and wake back up and think that it's not really happening. But it is happening. It's insanity. What things? Hey, devil, you can come against us with everything. Thank you, Brother Woods, for reminding me that there are only... There are only two genders, folks. What things? And there are only two classes of people, the living and the dead. And I am among the living ones. And so are you. And what? things are you against or what things are coming against you and your family. We need to pray like we have never prayed before. You need to get over your feelings of prayers not being answered because God doesn't come in your timing. You need to get over the idea that your increase is gone. God is just simply operating in our future. He's building His kingdom. He's building the church in another place that you have prayed for, given to, and you don't even know. You don't need to know other than that it's happening. And you need to be able to release whatever it is that God is asking you to give to him. I don't want to give up, Benjamin. He's my last stronghold. <laughs> well, unless you give up Benjamin, Simeon doesn't come out of jail. And unless Simeon doesn't come out of jail... Your brother, the ten, tri the twelve tribes of Israel aren't coming back with the good news and you are not going to experience revival, Jacob. You're going to go on living like a dead man. I release it. We're closing. Simply open the altar this morning I feel very strongly that the Lord is speaking to somebody here today, I really do I really do I believe that God is speaking to somebody that you are in a quandary, you are in one of these three areas some, somewhere out there, some way somehow and you are doubting your future in living for God because you feel like that part of you is dead or it's, it's gone. I'm here to remind you that is not the case. Jesus is alive. And as long as he is alive, his church is alive. As long as his church is alive, that means the Holy Ghost is moving. As long as the Holy Ghost is moving, that means there's revival. As long as the Word of God is being preached, that means that there is life. Would you come this morning? You need special prayer. You need prayer. We will be with you and we will pray with you. Hallelujah. Whatever that need is. Whatever that need is. Amen. Maybe you're just here. Maybe you need to believe in a miracle today. Maybe. He said. Maybe you are Simeon. Maybe you are Joseph. Maybe you are Benjamin. Maybe you're that person that releases something that God has been waiting for in order to bring revival to your family or 
maybe even revival to this assembly like we've never experienced before. Holy 